Hello, everyone. Welcome back to CDCR Unlocked Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Ringer. Today, we are at a special location for me. We are back at my original institution that I started, High Desert State Prison. Joining me today, Officer Wanamaker um, from the ISU Department. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, Shelton, uh, business manager. Morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And Parrish, Officer Parrish. How are you doing, everyone? Where, where are you currently assigned, Parrish? I'm currently assigned all over the prison. All over so, the place? Awesome. So I do the front entrance. Uh, I also do what we call complex. So I hand out keys. Oh, uh, yes. Hand out equipment to officers going to the yard. And I work uh, with other inmates in our uh, central kitchen, which is the main kitchen from the prison. For gotcha. the prison. Gotcha, gotcha. I worked in complex control for a little while. That was a busy spot. It can be there's very a, busy. Yeah, there's a lot of keys in there for people. Especially don't. shift change. Oh yeah, shift change. Wait, oh, that brings back memories right there. I haven't. So I got a chance to go inside with Officer Wanamaker, and um, like I said, I'm just happy to be back up here. Um, walking back inside of your original institution, so I haven't been back inside for a little over 16 years since wow. the last time I, I had gone inside. And it was really weird. Some things are still the exact same, and some things have changed. But for the most part, it's still, yeah, it feels like home. It feels like walking back right. in, into home. I literally cannot describe it any other way than that. Yeah, it's great to be back up here. Um, so for um, Wanamaker, how many years have you worked in the department? I have been in CDCR for 15 years. 15 years. And is that all in the custody rank or? No, it's a mix between non-custody and custody. So oh, I started non-custody and then switched over. What'd you do in the non-custody role? That is where I've done quite a bit. Um, I started as an OA in the file room back okay. when they actually had hard files to yeah the paper files store and put papers into, and then I went all the way up to analyst for the appeals office. Well, that's a busy spot. It's a very busy spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, what made you want to do the switch over to the custody side? Um, every position that I held as non-custody was very close working with custody. Yeah. And so I developed really close relationships with them. They always treated me great. I seemed to get along with them the most. And it made me feel comfortable that I could do it. Yeah. You know, as a female, you kind of doubt yourself and you don't want to put yourself in that situation. But working with the staff here, especially at High Desert, it made me feel comfortable that I could do it and that I would succeed. Yeah. Yeah, I felt supported. Yeah. That's awesome. And she's done a great job. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, she's in our ISU department, so that's the investigative service unit, if people are wondering. Basically, it's, um, well, you, you describe it. What is what is basically your job at the institution? Uh, my job specifically in ISU is the audio-video surveillance system, so our camera system that is set up around the entire prison. I pull footage for different incidents and things that happen um, to record evidence and make sure that it's available for court or... Various other things, too. Yeah. So you took me down to your office where all the cameras are, and um, we didn't have cameras when I was here. I didn't realize how good those cameras are. Yeah, you can zoom in very fine detail yeah. and see exactly what is going on. Oh, yeah. from a So for people listening, I'm well over 100 yards across most of the, um, the institutional yards up here, so easily longer than a football field. And these cameras can zoom all the way in, and I can tell if you shaved or didn't shave that day on your face. <laughs> yes. That was impressive for me. I was like, I had no idea that they were that clear from that distance. It was really eye-opening. And I think we have, what, over 1,200 cameras? 
Yeah, I, I lost count. Yeah, I think it's over yeah. 1,200. Yeah, it's a lot. In the institution. They're pretty much everywhere. That's great, though. It, you know, again, another technology piece that I never would have seen coming when I first was up here. The only cameras we had up here were in the uh, the visiting area. Right. That was pretty much it. What about for you, Shelton? Um, I've been in the department going on 28 years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And uh, getting getting close to the end. Yeah. How much how much more do you think you're going to do? Uh, less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. And so for the business manager aspect, um, what's um, what's a typical day for you like inside or working here? Well, my day is mostly encompassed uh, in the administration building, um, but I do oversee food services, procurement, personnel, accounting, the garage. Um, that sounds budgets. Like a lot. <laughs> So I do have a lot of areas yeah. that are under my uh, responsibility per- yeah. um, to oversee in. Um, and, but I have good staff working for me, which That's makes my job pretty easy in reality. It, it always is. Yeah, I can, I can deal with a lot of tasks, and if I've got good staff, it makes it just 10 times easier. Of course. That's a lot of areas of responsibility, though. It can be a lot. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, um, I started my career in – on the custody side of the house. Yeah. Um, came up through the ranks from correctional officer. And uh, so having that experience on the custody side, knowing the workings of the actual institution, what the needs are yeah. um, to operate the facility um, has really made my job as a business manager much easier. That's great. Yeah, no, definitely knowing both sides of the house. Is, I can see huge benefits with that. Great Avenue. What about for you, Parrish? How long how long have you been in the department? I'm going on four years. Four years? In the department. Is so, that all up here? Yes. Awesome. So I started later. Um, I started at 35. Okay. So I have over just around 15 years in the private sector. So to come over to the custody side was a very big transition. Yeah. Very big. Because my perspective was different being older, yeah. being married and, and so forth. Then if someone is 23 years old, 22 years old, come into the, the department. Yeah. So come, I used to work um, at a college, so I was on the education education side oh, as, I gotcha. a, as a counselor. So I used to counsel um, college students with their transcripts, career services. So I was very customer service. Obviously, it's working out well for you to, it, to be up here. It is working out well because talking to individuals in prison or other staff, when you're older, you're perceived to the higher there's a higher level of professionalism, mm-hmm. and you have to play into it. You have to be a professional. Yeah. So to look at someone, uh, an incarcerated person who's 40 years old, maybe 50 years old, being older, you can have that respect level, and yeah. it, it, because it's different coming from taking orders from uh, someone who's older than someone who's 21. Yeah, I can see that hitting different. I I think I was 26 when I started. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't super young, but I wasn't, you know, in the, you know, necessarily. Still a kid. Yeah, still a kid. And, um, your, but you your, said. Your insurance went down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can have a four-wheel drive and I didn't have to pay too much for it. I still was communicating even at a younger age, but having that experience of working the college probably helped you a ton in that department, though. Correct. Because that's a big, that's a big aspect of our, of our career field, communication, talking, de-escalating, handling situations. So that's probably give you a diverse background in that. Correct. Because you're talking, in college, you're always talking with people who, you said diverse backgrounds. Yeah. They can be um, 
United States citizen, they may not. So you can, uh, when we say communication, we're talking not only speaking, body language, yes. confidence, you know, shoulders back. Uh, that's something where you learn as you go. And for, for me being um, working in the college sector sector, and then coming here, it was, it was pretty easy um, transition. And also, yeah. like I said, being when I say just being older, not just getting up in age, but having those life experiences, yeah. being married for over 10 years, I can relate um, to just about anybody. Yeah. Talk to anybody. So you don't have to be 23, 24, you know, bench pressing 500 pounds because I can't do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I'll tell people out there who do all the heavy lifting, hey, props to you, but I get too sore. Right. <laughs> your joints hurt. When you get older, you're like, I shouldn't have done those things. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> My, your body, I didn't think I was going to live this long. I'd have treated myself better. <laughs> I had the same realization not that long ago. I, I woke up sore from sleep, and I'm like, I don't understand how. Right. Just woke up and apparently beat myself up while I was while I was asleep. But, um, no, yeah, the life experiences are 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 huge for us. And, you know, again, it's any age can have any kind of, um, you know, life experience and what they tap into. And, you know, that you don't get much more of a diversity of cultures, backgrounds, upbringings than working inside of a facility. It's across the board. I've known people that are incarcerated that grew up in very affluent areas, did not, you know, come from a life of poverty and, you know, people that did. Um, and being able to communicate back and forth between all of them, I think that's probably the biggest key part of our job is communication. So I'm curious for, for you, Wanamaker, a typical day for you, if you were to explain it, what, what, what would that look like? Uh, typically, I do a lot of things on the computer. Um, I like to say that that position was perfect for me because I can be a nerd. Um, gotcha. I get everything through the computer, my requests. I pull the video from the video system that I showed you and send those out so that everybody has access to them or whoever needs access has access to them. Gotcha. Um, and besides that, you know, we don't, in ISU, we get to do a variety of things, uh, which is probably the best part about being in ISU. Once you've done your main duty, you can then work on investigating the incarcerated individuals of the area that you're over. You can take it to the streets. I mean, you have the opportunity to arrest civilians that are bringing in contraband into the prison or attempting to yeah search warrant search warrants i mean it goes on and on and you're really limitless in what you can attempt to do because it is something that isu is has that opportunity to go and investigate yeah so you have a little bit more of the i want to say independence really that if i want to work on something you actually have the ability to do that yeah that's great yeah if you want to be busy you can keep yourself as busy as you would like yeah it's the the investigation part's definitely um definitely important getting the individuals that don't want to follow through with the the rehabilitative efforts of the department give them to where you want to keep doing those things and we'll, you know yeah, send you an area where the... that's more appropriate for people who want to yeah actually rehabilitate that's great um, Shelton what about for you a typical day um, is also a lot of computer work yeah. um, uh, managing a hundred and seventy million dollar um, budget for this institution. Um, <laughs> I don't so, know if I could be responsible for that. <laughs> so there's a lot of a uh, lot of computer work. Yeah, um, that's a lot of that's a lot of data to track. But once again, I have good staff under me. I have a yeah. good budget analyst that that uh, knows her job very well. That's and, great. Uh, once again, that makes my job um, fairly easy. Awesome. 
Great. What about for you, Parish? Because you you work. Um, you said kitchen, right? The uh, entrance entrance uh, gate right there. Entrance front entrance. Awesome. So that's a great gig. How'd you it, land that one? Entrance gate. I don't know. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the position came open, and I took advantage of it. Yeah. So, so for example, today, because I'm going to work after uh, this podcast, yeah. is I'm going to work a front entrance p- position. For those who don't know, once you go, once you come onto the prison prison grounds, you have to show your ID yep. to make sure that, you, and I verify you are the person. Um, you know, your face matches the ID. You're supposed to be the one. Uh, you are supposed to be allowed on the on the prison's grounds. Yep. So, uh, I'll do that. And it's more just checking checking someone's ID and it's letting them go in and letting them go out. One of the things I've noticed working is you don't know what type of day people are having. Yep. Coming from home, coming for whatever, coming from whatever. So what I try to do is, and this goes back to the college experience, have a smile when you when yep. you when you meet someone. Say hey, how are you doing? Um, how was your day? You know, have a good day. Or I'll tell people you're going to have a good day. Because you never know what someone's mental mind frame is coming from prison. And I also do the same thing when people are going out of the prison because you don't know what type of day that they had. Yeah, because you work both sides. Correct. Yep. So giving that, you know, word of encouragement, um, telling them, hey, positivity in their life can change someone else's day. Because we've all had that experience where we get out of the car and this can be anywhere. You miss meet that one person that can just ruin your whole day. Oh, yeah. Or you can be that person that brightens up someone else's day. Yep. And that's what I try to do, and that's what I'm going to do today. Love it. That's um. There was an officer at, at one of my facilities I worked at at Folsom that every time I'd see her, she'd always have a smile on her face. And I knew her days off, and I knew when I came by the gate on that day, I may or may not be met by a smile, but if I'd see her in the morning, morning, Ringer, how are you? And she was happy to see me. I'm like, oh, good. And it would start my day in a better mood, even though it's like I don't want to go to work today. I I'd rather take the day off. I'm dragging in here. I'm kind of tired. She would boost my mood a little bit. Like I need to remember that to be a little bit more positive. And it does. It sets it's, it sets a tone for the day. And if someone's having a bad day leaving and you're still still in a good mood with them, it it work is work. But now I'm transitioning, going back home. So I need to try and change my mind frame before I get home. I really like that. You know, and I know it's a lot easier said than done. Um, but being able to drive out the gate and leave work at work, that yeah. that's probably one of the biggest challenges that staff working in, Absolutely. Um, you know, an uh, institution, um, it's one of the hardest challenges there is to learn, yep. is to leave work at work. You know, it is, um, I hope that you're given 100% while you're here, but it is just a job. Yep. You know, come here, do your job, go home and be with your family and live your family life. Yep. Um, and to keep those two separate can be challenging, yep. but it can be done. Um, what do you think the best way to work on that is? You know, through my whole career, other than um, going home and tossing my kids' room, right? Um, <laughs> other than that, that's a downside. Always, <laughs> that's a downside of being a being a you know an officer's kid is we, we know how to cell search. Right. Like, we'll find right. things in your room. Exactly. <laughs> but other out. than doing that, <laughs> right? yeah. Um, I've always been able to drive out the gate and leave it. That's great. And, uh, and that's through my tw- almost 28 years. Yeah. Um, a developed skill. So 
I know a lot of people that can't do it. You know, you, you see them in town and, and they want to talk about work and all they can do is talk about yeah. how their day was and what they saw and what they did. And there's people that need to, to vent and get stuff off their, um, yeah. chest. And I'd rather them do it to me as another, uh, employee here, than yeah. go home and take that back to their family and, yeah. and uh, try to vent on them sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all about being a family here at work, yeah. Um, and being able to depend and lean on one another here at work. That was always something I always really really appreciated when I was here, and I didn't realize um, that I had it until I left. And not saying that my other prison didn't have um, you know that sense of family. I very much had that um, at my other institution, but it was every time I left a, an institution, I've always been like, Man, it's like leaving a family behind. And it was it was hard. It was hard to leave this institution and transfer to another one. Yeah, the friendships that you make here is amazing. Oh yeah, just absolutely incredible. I can't even explain the camaraderie, the um, the sense of feeling um, completely safe. And this institution especially is really good at when when things are happening, staff respond and are there in no time. And a lot of a lot of sometimes scary incidents have taken place, you know, but I never once felt like my staff weren't going to be there to, to help out. Never felt that in the entire time I worked up here. You know, and I think a lot of um, days we spend, uh, and it's a good asset, good attribute, um, playing the what-if game in yes. your mind. Yep. Um, while you're on the tier, while you're in a day room, or while you're on the yard, um, playing that what-if game in your mind. What if this happened? What's gonna, how's it going to go down? Yep. And, uh, and it always ends with, you know, my partners will be here, yep. you know, in, in a few, in a couple of seconds. Yep. Um, yeah. And running too, yeah. not, not jogging, sprinting to get to where you are. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Always a great, always a great, um, alarm response up here at this institution. Right. Always. And, 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 and like you were saying, you're never alone. Someone's nope. not that far from you. Yep. And, and there is that community here. There is that family, um, atmosphere here, even if you've never seen this person, um, you know, a day in your life, but they've been working here maybe for a year. You guys just never seen each other. You yeah. know that person is gonna is gonna come because they care about you. Yeah. And you care about and you care about them. And it's not always uh, and like you were saying, it's not always. Um, you do play that what if game. It's not always you know danger, danger all all, yeah. the, all the time. You do get those uh, relaxing moments where you get to actually know who you're working with. You get to know possibly yeah. their family, and you could make those relationships where. This could be the you know your next best friend. This could yep. be someone who you go camping with 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 your family. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. that's such a good benefit working at High Desert because it is a small town. You can know your neighbors. Uh, you see each other at at the store. You see uh, your families um, play with each other or our children. You know you may see them at you know if you go to church or you go to um, the fair. Yeah. Someone's always even even outside the prison. Someone it seems like someone is always there. Definitely, and that's um that was one thing you know I wanted to touch on too was the area up here. Um, I never had to worry about like my house being unlocked. I don't think for the first um, when I lived off of one of the streets down over here, I don't think I even locked the front door. I don't for, even know where my house keys are. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a little. I don't have to worry about it. My garage door was open one time. I had left and, and gone into the city that's that's nearby and uh, I got a text from somebody, hey, 
your garage door was open. I closed it and I took a beer. I'm like, <laughs> knock, your, knock yourself out, man. Thanks for closing the garage door. But inside was a motorcycle with the key in the ignition. Like I didn't even take that out. Key in the ignition and everything's right there, fully accessible to the house. You know, that's that community of, you know, rural institutions or whatever. There's one, there's still a major city an hour away, has every luxury. And you guys actually have a van pool that goes back and forth. Between here and there, correct? Yeah. Correct. So a lot Four, of staff, five, a lot fans, of staff live. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of staff live out there now. Right. That's that's great because when I was up here it was maybe maybe five or six people lived there, um, which would mostly do the um, the hospital coverages and right. and things like that. Um, that's great that there's a service to take it back and forth. So somebody else is driving and I get to I get to sit back and relax a little bit. Right. It makes that hour drive go by a little bit quicker too. So. It gives your family, too, that opportunity to have the big city amenities. Definitely. And, you know, things that they want to have, and maybe a small town doesn't provide as well. But you still have all of that. But Plus, it's you get nice to, work to at come the... home to our traffic, though. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There's no traffic up here. I had to wait for three deer on the way this morning on the way to work. <laughs> did you let them cross, or did you honk the horn to speed them up? Yeah, it was traffic. <laughs> No, I miss the I miss the wildlife. Like I said some of the most beautiful views. Um, driving up, blinking on right now is the thirty six, going up out of town. Um, just the views are gorgeous. Yeah, going down Deer Creek and yeah, or going all the way to thirty six to Red Bluff. You know, through Mineral and all of that. Yes, that is a it's gorgeous a drive. Actually, it's that's one of my drive. favorite things to do on the yard. Even like if I'm standing there, you can see the mountains. Yep. So yes. you can be standing there working yep. and you, you lose yourself. You're in a prison. You're always focused on what's in front of you, paying attention to your surroundings. Yep. But at the same time, it's nice to kind of look up and be like, oh, the mountains are right there. That's beautiful. I can see that. And, yep. you know, I have this beautiful night sky or the sunrise is coming up and enjoy those things. You can actually see the stars. Yes. Yeah, oh, the stars yes. at night. Oh, you can the see starry the nights up here are incredible. Oh, you can see the snow on the mountains. Yep. It, it, it's it's beautiful up here. Yeah. One of the things you touched on um, living in a small towns is there's a lot of opportunity. It's just how you how you look at it. Definitely. So in, in a big city, you may have to like at the DMV. When I lived down south um, in California, I literally had to make an appointment five months out to the DMV. Five months. <laughs> in a small town like this, you can go to a DMV. No appointment, walk in, you're in and out in 15 minutes. Yeah, at best. Yeah, I have friends there's three in the, people in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> I have friends in the Sacramento Valley who will come up and visit and do their DMV work while they're up yeah. for visiting. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would. No, it's a great small town. Like I said, I, I loved my time up here. Um, absolutely loved my time. Came really close to coming back. And then um, the only reason I didn't come back to, to this institution, especially specifically was having kids and then we had um, the grandparents are right down there uh, other than that i would have been back it's hard to give up free child care yeah it's really hard <laughs> it's really it's just such a benefit to have um because it's a, you know it's it's hard to have you know one um you know parent working or one not um sometimes it gets expensive but up here i've noticed too the the price of housing is great and i was lucky that way um when we had our first child um, my wife was able to stay home and I was, you know, the, the only income for the house, but, yeah. but with the pricing up here, it was, it was affordable and we were able to do it. Yeah. Completely. And she doable. was able to stay home and raise our son. Yeah. I looked um, at one house, um, 
just the other day it was like a it's like a four bedroom I want to say three bath but maybe like two and a half it was on like seven acres so I clicked on the first image and of course they show the best ones like the first one of course and it's just surrounded by pine trees and there's this house kind of tucked away I'm like oh <laughs> that looks really inviting. It looks so yeah, I actually, yeah, especially seven acres. Mm-hmm. And get yeah, up here I and actually don't live in town. Um, gotcha. I live in Janesville. Oh, okay. How um, far? How far away is that? It's about nine miles, ten miles somewhere oh, okay. there, and have property, you know, up in the trees. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really nice. That's great. Yeah, it's like I said. If no one's ever been to to the Northern California, you you basically. 395 runs along the Sierras all the way until you get up to here. Mm-hmm. And you're right about the views, Wanamaker. I have sat in um, Charlie One Control was one of my assignments. So it has one of the – I've biased because I only was mostly in that one, except for overtime and the others. I was too busy to look out. But you'd sit there <laughs> with, like, a cup of coffee, and I'd watch the snow build up on the Sierra, and then it would just dive over and come down to the valley. Oh, it was so cool to watch. Beautiful. Oh, it's uh, – incredible views right absolutely incredible views like you said you when it's work it's sometimes it's hard to step back and and take a look at all right this is it's work but this is pretty cool just take a breath yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool view so you mentioned um families up here uh do you have kids want to make her yeah i have three kids that have grown up here in susanville and it's kind of a lot different i grew up in sacramento so oh, okay. I grew up with the big city living as a child, and then coming up here, I'm I'm so thankful that they get to grow up in a small town. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, there's what, every amenity that they could need. Their kids legal yeah. outside. Yeah, <laughs> as I say, what are they pretty agile? So what are they active in doing? Uh, every sport possible. Yeah, everything all the time. Um, all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so they uh, I, literally, we always have something going on. There's always something to keep them busy. Um, football, basketball, soccer. I mean, any any sport we have it here in Susanville, just like anywhere else. Yeah. And it's kind of neat too. They actually get the opportunity to go play in bigger cities still. Um, yes. My oldest is actually going to be in the championship game for um, Sierra Youth Football League which is based out of Nevada. Oh, we that's travel awesome. over there and we compete against them as a California team. And we've actually won it last year and looking forward to winning it again this weekend. That is awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, congratulations to, to him for that. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But for you, Shelton. Yeah. I, I have one son, um, grew up his whole life here in Susanville. Um, he played T-ball, um, played baseball all the way up through. Yeah. Um, and then got into uh, football as well, started in peewees. Yeah. And uh, last in youth football. And uh, like I'd run, like a Wanamaker said that, um, you know, we played a lot of other big cities um, down Chico Way all the way up into Nevada. Um, I don't think we won the championship, <laughs> but uh, – but he had fun right, playing, she, for she sure. Had, she had to rub that in, huh? <laughs> hey, it's super cool. They're actually ranked number one in northern Nevada. That's even. awesome. Yeah. That, is, that awesome. is awesome. That is so cool for them to hang their hat on. It's yeah. really good. I mean, he's 13, so, I mean, he's probably, oh, I'm, you know, it's not that cool. Oh, yeah, he's going <laughs> to. I mean, there is. You don't want him to peak too early. <laughs> yeah. you know, cool. There is trouble for kids to get into here, yeah. just like anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, the opportunities are um, way less prevalent. Yeah. Um, they still have people watching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It, I mean, everybody knows everybody. You know everybody's kids. Oh, hey, so I saw your be, boy down by yeah, the river. And then yeah. he gets you know, home definitely. and you're like, 
hey, what were you doing over there? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I've got cameras everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't just watch cameras at home. I've got them <laughs> yeah. out on the outside too. Right. My well, boys, uh, he he grew up clean, and um, he's in the United States Air Force. Awesome, um, that's great. Living his best life. Well, um, that, traveled to Germany and and uh, now he's stationed out of state. Um, but he's doing great. That's yeah. great. Well. Um, tell him thank you for his service. Thank you. Definitely. Uh, what about for you, Parrish? I have uh, a two-year-old and an eight-month-old, so they're not oh, doing sports man. yet. But um, you are in the busy phase of parenting right yes. now. Yes, but it's it's a good it's a good opportunity because, like I was stating before, with, with the DMV. Yeah. If there was, you know, if we wanted to do childcare, if we wanted to do tap dance with a two-year-old or some type of. Uh, activities there's not a there's not a wait like the big cities sometimes with the bigger cities you have yeah. to, you have to be on a waiting list or you have to send an application yeah to do certain things you might have fewer venues that offer it but you have less people actually trying to get into that venue correct yeah so you can be that big fish in that small in that small pond you know like like you were saying before um i'm the only one that works i have a wife that's a stay-at-home uh, mother which we agreed upon yeah. and that's the one good thing about living in an area like this where you still can do that because when i was in san diego and housing prices i think the medium housing price is nine hundred thousand dollars you know yeah. i wasn't able to afford that at the time but up here with housing and uh, you know the pace uh the pace of living you can do that you my i was talking to my uncle he said you're very blessed to live in an area where you can be the the sole breadwinner and have a stay-at-home wife yeah who can raise who can raise your children yeah and when you come home they're happy to see you yeah and still make enough to actually be able to go do things correct to be active in the community to to travel if you want to um yeah, that's a it's a huge plus because there's not many people in the western united states that can say that Right, you know that they um, have a job that requires no more than a GED, right? Um, <laughs> GED and can make enough money to, yeah. to hey. support their whole family and have their wife stay home. Correct. Yeah, because out here, you can you can be in the desert, you can be in the forest for a couple hours yes. away away from from the beach. I mean, there's there's so many different things that you can do. You just have to, you know. Try it. See if you like it. You can go hiking. You can go camping. Um, there's a lot of lakes out here. So there's a lot of things that, that you can do, and it's so beautiful up here. And a lot of stuff is free. Yeah. You don't have to spend nope. a lot of money. If you can drive in your car and just go somewhere and just ex- have a lot of experiences with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you there's a lot not, of hiking. That you may not be able to do necessarily, in a big, like you said, in a bigger city with traffic and this hustle and bustle of life. Yeah. Right. I remember just, I, I did a lot of off-road uh, motorcycle riding when I lived up here. And I would just load up the bike, drive up the highway a little bit, pull off on a random dirt road, unload the dirt bike, and there were just miles and mm-hmm. miles of trails. Yeah, There were some, I, I swear, I'm like, I'm going to run out of gas because I never <laughs> found the end of it. And I'm, kind of, I'm still to this day kind of frustrated going, how far out did that thing go? Because I was probably 30 miles from my truck at one point. I'm like, I got to turn around. I'm going to run out of gas and I am not pushing this thing all the way back. But it was, it was, it was a blast just to go out riding. Just me and a couple buddies out. We're big into rock crawling and, uh, yeah, you know, the Rubicon, Fordyce. Yeah. Um, and then there's plenty of trails within 20 miles. Oh, absolutely. This area just to go wheel all day if you want to. That's great. 
Yeah, they have, uh, so they have more dirt trails and things like that out there than they do. We have paved roads in Susanville. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have an app that you can actually get and it tells you where all the dirt roads are and where they end and oh. how you can get to each other. I mean, you can go from here to That would have been Westwood hugely beneficial to me way back when. Yeah. You can get to anywhere you want to go on this dirt road and traveling with your family. Like we have a side by side. And we go out and drive around. And oh, those things are so much go fun. Go look at ghost towns. And yeah, you go, yeah, exactly. You go find old ghost towns that are all shut down, but they're still there, and you get to explore them. And the kids get to be kids and open up, because yeah. what else do they have to do? They don't have electronics out there. <laughs> right, yeah. It's the it's that family time together that's important. It's that making memories. Hey, remember that time we went on that trail, we went into that ghost town, and that's a lifelong memory they're going to have forever. That's for and sure. all of that's just from, you know, being up here in this area. Yeah. Again, it's the fishing. I know there's a lot of hunting up here. Um, yeah, it's a great place to to live and work. For down the road, where do you um, where do you want to go with your career, Wanamaker? You're like, I want to stay exactly where I am. <laughs> I, I love my job right now. I yeah. do. <laughs> That's great. Um, I know there's just so many opportunities. I try to not pick exactly what I want to do and just kind of take what comes and what is available. I never thought I would be an ISU. I, my intentions were to be an officer, see how I like it, see if I can handle it. And I did, and I liked it. And then I was like, oh, I want to do more with it. Like, I like this part of it and got into ISU. Um, luckily, I that was the kind of nerve-wracking process. You interview and go through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's there's so many opportunities. You can go counselor route where you're, you know, doing more paperwork style um, things also. And you can go to a sergeant. I mean, there's just... There's something for everyone, really. Yeah. And no matter where you're at, you can figure out what your your favorite thing to do is and kind of go in that direction. Yeah. And it's, you know, adapting your skills. Like, you're bringing up the technical end of it, being able to do the the cameras and the technology pieces that we, we have in this department, especially now. That's great. And it appeals to a lot of different, um, you know, people for that. So that's a great career. I wouldn't want to leave your spot either. <laughs> I would stay right I where mean, I'm at. I mean, we are a whole city Yep. Um, within these walls here. And there is truly something for every um, classification. Um, you know, we have plant operations where we have electricians, plumbers, stationary engineers, yep. um, carpenters. Yep. Um, Everything. Truck drivers. We have uh, warehouse workers. Um, there is truly a job for everybody. We even had someone that drove the uh, snowplow. Snow plows, <laughs> yep. trash trucks, um, recycle trucks. Yep. Um, we have everything. Yeah. We really do. And I, remember, and I remember you had a you had an awesome job when you were a sergeant here. You were a, you were my armory sergeant when I worked up here. Yeah, that was that was a a dream job, kind of like uh, Wanamaker's ISU yeah. job. That is a dream job. Um, you know, teaching um, people how to shoot. Yeah. Um, so they could qualify. How to build confidence too. Yeah. I always remember that was building the confidence up of, hey, you can do this. They may not like it. That's fine. It's part of our job, as, especially as, as peace officers. But it's that building that confidence in someone of overcoming something they didn't think they could do. To be able to be reactive instead of uh, really having to uh, walk yourself through it. Yeah. Just be, become Definitely. reactive. Definitely. Uh, rely on your training. Um, that is one of the big uh, pushes that we give to all of our staff is rely on your training because we yep. do give a lot of training. Yeah, a lot of really um, good training. Great. So, so for you're at 28 years in, are you 
pretty satisfied with where you're going to stay in, until you retire, or, or would you plan to retire? Yeah, I'm going to retire this next year, sometime between yeah. April and November. Well, um, I know I know staff are going to say, you know, be hate to see you go, but you know, happy for you too, though. I appreciate it. Um, Definitely. You know, we had a a warden who his motto was run through the goalpost. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and you know that's my plan. I'm not going to lay down at the last minute. Yeah. Um, I have, I have made uh, lots of friends here. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to leave anybody hanging by laying down. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the goalpost. I like it. Well, you've had a you've had a long career and a great service to the state of California. Um, thank you again for all your service. I though, appreciate it, especially to us here. Um, you were a huge asset to me when I was up here as an officer, brand new, not sure what to do. Um, and yeah, just thank you again for 28 years of dedicated service to the state of California. Thank you. I appreciate the job. It's, yep. been, it's done me well. It's been fun. It's been a great career. <laughs> Paris, what do you got? What do you got in um, the plans for, for your career? Well, I would love to sit where you're sitting right now sit over here. to do these podcasts. <laughs> you can't advertise for my job right now. <laughs> <laughs> to talk to people and, yeah. and, and to tell people that this department is, has so many opportunities for you and your family. Yeah, It can change your whole dynamic for your family with the opportunities that are given to you. So uh, I did want to promote to sergeant. I did want to spend a couple of years inside the prison to show younger officers or, or current officers, you know, this is my perspective on things, um, professionalism, how we can become uh, work as a team to boost morale here at uh, among staff and also with some of the pers- uh, some of the incarcerated persons yeah. that we have here to be that example because they do look towards us for uh, model behavior. Yeah. They're, we're always being watched. So if we can um, say, okay, this is how you're supposed to talk. This, when you're having a difficult situation, this is how you're supposed to act. You can be that example uh, for them. And I believe I can do that with, um, with staff and our incarcerated populations here. But if you're still in your seat, you're still you're doing, a, you're doing a great job. I'm going to try to be in my seat. I'm going to try to stay over here. But, yeah. hey, you know what? I'll never be upset if um, if I look over and I'm the one being interviewed and you're on this side of the panel doing this part of the job. Hey, congratulations. Oh, well, I'll say uh, thank you in advance. <laughs> no, it's been a fun, it's been a fun um, project to, to, to bring into the department. And, again, thank you all for your service that you, that you do for the state of California. Um, I know a lot of times our, in our industry, you know, people don't know what we do. Um, people don't get a chance to see behind the walls. And that's, that's the main point of podcasts like this is some of the best people I've ever met have been inside of prison walls. Um, my staff have always been there, whether it's custody, whether it's non-custody, um, working with medical, everyone that we've dealt with. I've met some of the most genuine people in my life while working in, in CDCR in prisons. You know, like I said, I'm not currently in an institution, and sometimes that's the draw that almost makes me want to go back inside because I do miss that that camaraderie that we have, the, you know, yeah, I the, think, the uh, one smiling face in the morning when you come in and you're like, cubicle, oh. Cubicle uh, camaraderie isn't the same as behind-the-wire the camaraderie. That's for no. sure. It's, it's fun, and, you know, especially when you get to know an institution like up here really well where they could be all the way across the yard or across the facility. And you know, by the way they walk, who it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you know a lot about that person. You spend a lot of time with them. 
you know, holidays, we spend holidays together. We spend birthdays together. I've celebrated a lot of birthdays in prison where they are your extended family. Oh, 100%. And especially in, in communities as tight as Susanville and high deserts community, it transcends outside the walls as well, where I know up the street, if, if someone got injured, like, um, I believe when I was up here, we had, and he was a sergeant at the time, he um, got injured on a motorcycle accident, and his wife didn't have to worry about there being firewood cut that was cut, dropped off, just bundles, food. I mean, the, the, the community rallied around one of ours that had a strife, and that was, that was a lasting impact for me, was seeing something like that take place where I don't have to worry about it. That's true. Um, someone gets hurt, we got you, we'll take care of it. You need time on the books, we got you, we'll take care of it. You need firewood, we got you, we'll take care of it. You know, I can I can probably touch on that. Um, the best of the people that are here right now, um, I was in a bad accident back in 2007, laid up in the hospital for a couple months, um, off work for seven months, going through rehabilitation. Yeah. And my fellow teammates donated almost 2,000 hours Wow. Um, to me, that's that's like a almost a year yep. um, of time to me. And fortunately, I recovered and was able to come back to work um, without having to use any of that time, and I was able to give it back to everybody. Um, but it was there if I'd have needed it. And uh, that is, that's true friendship. That's um, true family, um, loved ones Definitely. Um, that would do that for you. That speaks to... A lot about their character, but it speaks a ton about yours too. That you were, you were a person that hey, no matter what, how how much time do I got on the books here? Don't need a month. Which you know, for people that don't understand a lot of that, um, when we go to retire, things like vacation and holiday leave are you can cash those out at the end. So for people donating, it's literally like donating cash or money, just so they understand on the street like what the equivalent is. Um, but that was huge. That's a lot of hours that they were that donated. It is, and that it, was without and not to the, brag on back up to a couple <laughs> grand. Right. <laughs> but you know what, though, I guarantee this though that um, they weren't asked to donate. No, I guarantee it, every one of them volu- voluntarily donated and made sure it got done. And that's that's a community up here at High Desert that I truly love. You wouldn't have had to ask that. The guy he was still in the hospital from the motorcycle accident. He didn't even know. Like, hey, firewood's already been cut. It's already been taken care of because winter was coming. So we cleaned up around the house, did the gutters. Right. All that stuff's taken care of. You don't have to ask. It's going to yeah. be done. Um, that's something about the more rural facilities like this that people, you won't understand until you work here. It is truly a family. You're and not alone. No, you're, never. You're not alone. You never. and your family are not alone because you are, like you said, in a small community like this, you're going to get involved. You're going yep. to you're going to touch other people's lives, and they're going to touch yours. Definitely. Um, one one good thing about working here is we work in a very serious environment. Yep. But you learn to laugh at yourself. We have a good time. We laugh up here a lot oh, because yeah. because we care about uh, you know we care about each other. So mm-hmm. we learn to take a joke and we learn to give jokes. So oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's our, a good thing. Our humor is next level. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you may not, you may not think you're a funny person, but we'll, we'll get it out of you. And when you fire back, it just strengthens, strengthens that bond even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so much more. I, like I said, 
I miss the humor of being inside of an institution when things happen and you're looking over a party, you just start laughing over something that happened months ago. And all they have to say is they have to say one word <laughs> and you'll just start laughing no matter how mad you are that day ticked off. But yeah, it's, it's very much a family. Um, and again, I want to thank all of you for participating in this, uh, this podcast to, to bring awareness to what it's like to, to live and work up here. Um, again, I hold a special place in my heart for my original institution I loved working up here, and you know, thank you all for participating with the podcast today. And we'd welcome anybody to come work with us up here. Definitely. Um, we'd love to have you. Yeah, always yep. room in the family. Yeah. Well, again, thank you all very much for, for coming out today, and I wish you best of luck in your careers. Sir, for you and your up-and-coming retirement, again, congratulations. Thank um, you. Thank you to your son for his service in the military as well. And I hope retirement is as much fun as what you've had working it will be yeah i got plans i definitely i have no doubt there's a plan in place for it yeah awesome well again thank you everyone thank you Thanks.